The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. From the beginning, God has been creating new things. From the very beginning, God has been creating everything that we need. From the beginning, God has been giving us the power and the order that we need to live in his creation. So things are already better than we think they are this morning. As we read in the scriptures, from the very beginning, the wind of God moved over the face of the waters. The Hebrew word there is the word ruach. It is the same word that is used in Hebrew to mean breath and spirit. In fact, some English translations will read that same verse as the spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. And the, ser- and the second narrative of creation found in chapter 2 in Genesis, the scripture says that God formed Adam out of the dust and then breathed into him, into his nostrils, the breath of life. This was what brought Adam into life. You see, from the beginning, it is God's power, God's breath, and God's very own spirit that gives and sustains everything that God creates. In the Gospels, we also have the story of Jesus coming down to the River Jordan to be baptized by his cousin John. The way Mark tells it, when Jesus came up from the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit of God coming down on him as in the form of a dove. Now anyone who has heard the story of Noah's Ark would recall the part of the story when the storms had ended and the floods had started to come down, that Noah took a dove and sent it out in order to see if it was safe to go back out on land. Now the purpose of sending the dove out was that if the dove were to find a place to land her feet, that would signify that it was safe to go back out into the land. Noah sent the dove out the first time, and he came back, and there was no evidence that it was safe to come yet. So he waited seven days and sent the dove out again. And this time, when the dove came back, she brought in her beak an olive leaf, Now, I find it fascinating that out of all the places that the dove could have landed to prove that it was safe to go back into the land, 
she landed on an olive branch. In ancient culture, the olive branch was often used as a symbol for peace and for victory. On this day, when Jesus came back up from the waters and saw the heavens open and the Spirit of God descend on him as in the form of a dove. The dove came down on the Prince of Peace. When Jesus went through these waters to open a path from death to life, he did so in the same way the ancient story of Moses in this desert when the people were dying of thirst. He took his shepherd's staff and struck a rock and from that rock waters came out so that all who were thirsty would be able to drink and not die of thirst. In that same way, Jesus struck those waters in the River Jordan so that those waters would become saving waters that all who would believe in him could pass through them and find living water that they would also be able to pass from death to life. You see, Jesus is the good shepherd, but he's also the shepherd's staff. Jesus is the one who guides us to life and also the one who strikes the rock and makes a way for us to get to life. He goes before us through these waters as the Son of God that we might follow and be greeted on the other side by the very same voice of God that greets us as sons and daughters of God. So from the very beginning, things are already better than we think they are. This morning, as we consider the baptism of Jesus, our Christian calendar that we use to find a rhythm to, to celebrate and to worship together throughout the year calls us to remember this story. And on this very Sunday, the, the first Sunday of the year, where many of us are still making plans and, 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 and envisioning what sort of goals we have for our life as individuals, what sort of goals we have for our life as a gathered body this morning, I think it's appropriate that the two meet. Because I think that as we consider what it is we need, we can look to the baptism of Jesus to remember that we already have everything we need to be successful. We have power. And we have a plan. We have the power of the Holy Spirit 
the same power that was creating something out of nothing from the very beginning. The same power that hovered over the waters of the River Jordan as Jesus came to be the firstborn Son of God, to be the first one to pass through the waters that would greet us as the sons and daughters of God. We have that same power living in us. But what is our plan? This past Thursday at Bible study, as we gathered and, and we poured our, our attention over these scriptures and we asked God to illuminate our, our hearts and our minds, our sister Flo, when we read this passage, she spoke to the group and she said, you know, you know what I love about baptism is, is, is when we all get together and the prayers that we say. That's such a beautiful thing to do, to, to pray those prayers over that child, over that person. And, you know, I didn't have to, to ask her to do that because I, that's exactly where I was hoping our conversation would lead. That in baptism, we don't get to just be spectators. We get to be participators. In fact... When we read that the prayers that we pray, we have everything we need to know where it is we're heading every day as, a, as individuals and also as a gathered body. In fact, uh, why, don't we, why don't we look at these, waters, uh, at these words together? Get, get your uh, hymnal out just for a second, if you would, and turn to page 35. We're just going to look and remember some of these words. And I believe we should, we should look and remember these words often because they do, in fact, give us a plan for our lives. So let, let us do this together. Top of page 35, I'll read as the pastor, you read as the congregation. Do you, as Christ's body, the church, Reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ. Will you nurture one another in Christian faith and life and include these persons now before you in your care? This prayer is a covenant that we make before God every time we celebrate baptism. But it's not just a promise. It's not just a covenant. It's literally a plan for our lives. As individual sons and daughters, our plan is to resist evil and reject injustice and everywhere that we may find it. 
That's our plan. So we wake up every day and we say, any time we face evil, every time we, 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 we face sin, any time and at all times, we get to reject that. That is our plan as, as sons and daughters of God in the world. But we also have the support system that we need because nobody can carry out that plan on their own. And so that second prayer that we prayed, that we get to be examples of Christ to each other. That's part of our plan. That we get to proclaim good news to each other. I mean, we need good news and we need it constantly. And the source of that good news is each other. That's part of our plan for success. And to create a place that the walls are love and forgiveness. This is a safe place. We all have a need for a safe place. And we get to create that for one another with love and forgiveness. That is part of our plan. And I love that these words explicitly say that we will pray for them. Church, we've been learning that part of our work as sons and daughters of God, as the church gathered in this place at this time, in this particular moment, is to pray and to pray often. That is what we need. That is part of our plan. So as we picture what ministry looks like this year, Know that everything that we do, everything that we set out to do, has its foundation on these very words. And if we fulfill them by the power of God living in us, we will be successful in proclaiming the love of God all over the city. You see, we have already everything we need. We have power and we have a plan. And so things are already better than we think they are. When I was in seminary, one of the beautiful things about spending that time away from my normal home and my normal surroundings was that I got to worship and go to class with many many people from all over the world. Brothers and sisters that spoke other languages and had completely different life experiences. And from time to time, we, I got to hear some of these stories and learn a little bit about life in other places of the world. And one of the beautiful things is that we often got to worship together and sing together and pray together. And uh, one, one particular occasion, I was taught a song in Swahili. I'd forgotten all about this song, actually, until these last few days. But music is, is, is powerful in that sometimes you, you, you would go time, maybe even years, without hearing a song or remembering the lyrics. And then out of nowhere, they come to you. The song, the lyrics, the beat, and you remember where you were and who taught it to you. It's an amazing thing. And so my, my, my friends and my brothers and sisters taught me this song in Swahili. And the words, I, I printed them there in your, in your worship guide, say simply this. Mambo sawa sawa. Can you say that? 
mambo sawa sawa. And they, and they mean things are already better. So if you can imagine a way uh, this festive song, and they're not like, you know, our songs. We sing them very, you know, proper and quietly. No, this is festive. This is a party. This is get out the tambourine, get out the hand drums, get out and make something, you know, that makes noise. And you make them as much noise as you can. And you repeat these words over and over, mambo sawa sawa, mambo sawa sawa, mambo sawa sawa. And if we just stop there, that's enough, right? I mean, we need to remember that. Things are already better. But the second part, the second part of the song, and I didn't attempt to translate the, or, or, or print the Swahili because I was not going to attempt to butcher it, so I just printed it in English. It says, when the Lord is on the throne, when the Lord is on the throne, mambo sawa sawa, things are already better. When the Lord is on the throne, things are already better. Mambo sawa sawa, mambo sawa sawa, mambo sawa sawa. How many say amen? How many need to say that this morning? You want to learn the song? Renee's going to help us. When the Lord is on the throne, Mambo Sawa Sawa, Mambo Sawa Sawa, Mambo Sawa Sawa. Church, we're at the beginning of a beautiful new journey. And I propose that this, this be like a soundtrack every single day, every time that we gather, whether it's in our worship guide or not. Anytime that doubt tries to cloud our minds and our hearts, anytime that fear tries to come and steal what the Lord has already provided, we have all the words that we need to respond. Mambo sawa sawa. Things are already better, for the Lord is on the throne. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all the church said, Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.